Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 30 of the Seize Us show. Back at it, I'm not going to lie, you know, uh, I missed all you guys, and, you know, the playoffs are just getting more intense, and it's just been great. But just to recap you guys on last week's episode, episode 29, um, I had my boy Jamal come up here, and essentially we just, you know, sat down to discuss second-round matchups and much more. Um, but I don't want to, you know, keep talking. I'm going to just get straight into it. Um, I have a special guest today, my boy Coop, known him from VCU since freshman year. We used to hand each other L's in 2K. Um, <laughs> now we've grown, so... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for Coop. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's good, y'all? My name is Coop. Um, social media platforms, that boy Coop. I've known this man for years. And, like, I don't know about me taking the L's in 2K, but, uh, yeah, we go way back. I mean, the Carey Street Gym, all that, man. This is a good dude. I'm just happy to be on the show. So let's get it. Let's get it. All right, so first thing I want to talk about, you know, um, I'm all in support of women just being on their A-game. So uh, this topic I want to talk about is Becky Hammond. For those of you guys who don't know, she's a former WNBA player, and she was the assistant coach under my team, San Antonio Spurs, under Greg Popovich. And now she's getting a chance to uh, interview for the Bucks opening as a head coach. Um, this will be the first time a female has got an opportunity to do that. And I'm just excited because... I think we need change in the NBA. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of people at first are going to, you know, be kind of blindsided from it because it is a girl. Um, but I don't care because her resume speaks for herself. And the fact that she was under Greg Popovich, who else would you want to be under? Who else would you want that validation from? Um, so I'm just proud of her. And hopefully she gets the job. I don't think I mean, even if she doesn't get it, I think. She's definitely going to have one in the future, or Thanks. even if she doesn't, I think a female will have it in the future. Um, but I'm excited, man. Coop, what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, I don't have much to add to that. I, I completely agree with what you said. And, um, you know, just going off her resume, I mean, we've already seen what she can do in a summer league setting. And people try to discount those type of things, but... Uh, those are good indications of what she could possibly be like on a, you know, an eventual NBA team. So, you know, even if she doesn't get this job, she's definitely paving the way for future females and, you know, to make it out there. So, uh, you know, hey, go Becky Hammond. Oh, yeah, they did. The Spurs did win the Vegas. No, did the Lakers win or the Spurs? I think it was the Lake, Lakers, Lakers yeah. They got The Spurs got farther. Oh, right? I think it was one of the one of the summer leagues they won. One of them. And she coached. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, but it looked like she had, you know, pop system intact. So if she can translate that over to the Bucks, if she happens to get the job, I think that's what the Greek freak needs, and I think that's what the Buck needs because I just feel like – it's a, it's a lot of stagnant stuff over there, um, and I think just a new, you know, voice being in that locker room from a different, you know, opinion, from a different gender, I think that could, you know, add to them. So, you know, props to Becky Hammond for at least getting to this stage. So I hope you, you know, have good luck in your future endeavors. 
going on from that, you know, my boy David Fitzdale, hey. you know, he just got a coaching job for the New York Knicks. So proud of him, man. Um, he used to be one. Was he the assistant coach for the Miami Heat? Yeah, yeah. Assistant, assistant coach. coach for the Miami Heat. You know, through LeBron's reign there, when he got you know four straight Finals appearances, got two chip two championships. Um, I'm proud of him because before this, you know, he got a little gig. Um, with the Memphis Grizzlies, you know, they took the Spurs to a grueling six-game series. That was, you know, Kawhi's coming out party in the playoffs. Um, and, you know, he said the best. Kawhi had ice in his veins. He, mm. he thought he was an android or something. Um, but, you know, that was a great series. You know, fast forward to next season. They didn't start the way they wanted to be. Um, he was he, he benched uh, Marcus Gasol for a little bit, so it was kind of like a player-coach rift, and they just decided to part ways when they got on an eight-game losing streak. And at the same time, you know, you had your star players out, but, um, you know, he got fired, and, you know, he was doing a little bit of analyzing for ESPN and whatnot, and now he's here. Now he, you know, has control, um, and they signed him to a multi-year deal, so um, it's going to be a process, but... I'm excited for, you know, the future. You know, you got Porzingis. He said he wants Porzingis to be obviously the focal point, but he wants him to, you know, be an MVP caliber player, defense of the year player, just wants him to put, you know, New York back on the map. How you feel about all that? Um, you know, I'm real excited for Fitzdale. I think um, this is going to be the perfect culture shock, culture change for the New York Knicks, um, a team that I feel like everybody kind of wants to root for and wants – them to be back in that prominent spot because that's where they've they've kind of been uh their whole their whole i guess franchise um you know it's a major market and i think Fizdale is a perfect person to kind of put into that spot um and also i will say uh i will miss seeing him on the uh tv shows the talk shows and things like that um he was a real bright mind really good analytically um, like he said, take that for data and, you know, all his other famous quotes. Um, you know, he he's really good at breaking down the game, and he's already stated how he wants to take every player individually, you know, strengths and weaknesses, and take them from there. I mean, he has a young team. The GM said he's they've given him the reins, and they've given him a few years to kind of get things together because they know they're starting from a lower point. So, you know, I think this will be a great opportunity for him to kind of uh, – really show off his talents and show how great of a coach he really is. You heard it here. Take that for data. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on, Dwayne Casey. Um, R.I.P. Casey. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So the Raptors got swept 4-0 in the semifinals against no other than the GOAT, LeBron James. And, you know, the front office thought that it was a change. Um, they felt, they thought that, you know, after years and years of, you know, constantly losing to the King, that, you know, it was time to part ways. So they went ahead and fired him, which is crazy because he had the number one seed in the East. Um, he's probably going to be coach of the year. Um, his team won 59 games. They had actually the second best record in the NBA. Um, it was looking nice. promising when they beat the Wizards in six. Um, and then to do... You know, once you get to the second round and you just take that L like that, um, (laughs) it kind of just sucks because you can look at it from both sides. You know, you could have took some philosophies that the, you know, that the Pacers had. Um, I felt like a lot of times it came down to different situations. But at the same time, I think it was it was on the players because at the end of the day, you got. Would you say DeMar DeRozan's a superstar? Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, he, he's earned that right to be called a superstar. With the numbers he had this year and how he played so consistent throughout the year, and he had his team at the number one seed, I'll call him a superstar. I'll call 
Kyle Lowry all-star. 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 <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But at the end of the day, you guys have to take it upon yourselves to, you know, play the game because you guys are the, you know, the focal point of that offense. How do you feel about Dwayne Casey being fired? Uh, You know, that's probably the most shocking firing I've ever seen of an NBA coach. Um, I've never heard of a coach of the year uh, being fired. And so I guess apparently the coaches had a, a poll that they did and they voted for coach of the year. And ironically, a day after he gets fired, it comes out that he was voted coach of the year. So that in itself was pretty bad. Um, and I guess my biggest problem is you fire a person like Dwayne Casey, but then you look at the statistics of how many times LeBron has been to the NBA Finals in the first place, meaning that any <laughs> other team that played him in the East didn't make it. So I, I don't know if that was a fair shake for Casey, especially if you see where the, the Raptors were mm-hmm. and where they are now. So um, I guess we'll see what's going to happen because I, I don't know where you go from here as the Raptors, especially if you have to keep the same team intact. And that's one thing I want to touch on, and then we're going to get right back to that. It kind of sucks now, you know, with the NBA, we're getting so popular. I think eventually we're going to be the most popular sport, um, you know, in the United States. We're getting damn near close, but it just sucks now that we televise every single thing. Like, when I say that, you know, how, like, the All-Star game, they want the, the, the draft picks to be televised and how now we have NBA player awards and whatnot, and that's going to be televised. So it just makes me think, like, is he even going to show up to get that award? <laughs> if he shows up, will Toronto's roster come? Like, right. what do you think is going to happen with all that? Uh, see, and that, that's a, that's an awkward scenario because ever since the NBA awards have been, I guess, created or whatever, um, it, it was even awkward when Steph Curry won MVP and then James Harden gets it at the award show. Like, it's almost like, what's the point? If like it was, it was. It's just a different dynamic, and I don't, I don't really know. That's why they're saying maybe we should take these awards away because, um, you know, they they get them during the playoffs half the time. Like somebody's gonna get the MVP during the playoffs. I, I'm a, I like it that way. I'm assuming it's gonna be Harden, but you know, these days you just never know. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I I feel like for his resume, that's gonna be a good look. But in terms of the way they lost, I guess in some type of way you have to put it on Casey. And like you said, with the whole the whole popularity of the NBA in the first place, um, you know, the, the NBA is going to a place that we never thought it'd be able to go. We're really yeah. – it's really being able to market its athletes and its individuality. I mean, players like Curry, LeBron, things like that. I mean, you can't even compare them to players in the NFL – because they're that much more popular. They're that much more of a household name. Um, so I, I, I definitely like this direction the NBA is going, and even just like with the advertisements on their jerseys. I mean, it's, they're, they're going to start making a lot more money. And shout out to um, sports gambling becoming legal in, <laughs> in the uh, United States. i just like to say also shout out to all my DraftKings players. I'm, a, I'm an avid uh, DraftKings player. Um, so make sure y'all hop on there for these two series because it's going down. Definitely it's going down. And my follow-up question before we even wrap this up, two things. Number one, um, what do the Raptors do from here? Like, Because at first I thought, you know, you maybe have to slide either Kyle Lowry or DeMar DeRozan, first of all, because I thought, like you said, Dwayne Casey is a damn good coach. Um, and two, where would you have Dwayne Casey? 
I kind of want Billy Donovan to get fired and they scoop him up right there. I think that would be nice, and I think he will put Russell Westbrook in his place. Wow. Um, how you feel about that? Um, wow. That that's that's a that's a great question actually. Um, because I guess it's almost what you want to happen with the Raptors and what's realistic for the Raptors. Mm. Um, salary cap wise, they're locked into three players: Ibaka, they're locked in the Lowry, and they're locked in Jitterose, and that's a lot that of money. Too, right? Yeah, yeah, right, right. It, yeah, that's a whole lot of money going to just three or four players. So you don't have much wiggle room to do much. So I kind of understand where firing the coach had to be the one move that they made. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would honestly say, I mean, hopefully off the strength of having two all-stars on that team and kind of seeing that direction that they were going, maybe they can pick up mm-hmm. a great role type all-star, not all-star, but like great starter, maybe a good wing that can kind of slide in that small forward position or uh, I don't know. It, it's it's a tough scenario for them because I, I don't really know how else they can go uh, moving forward. And I mean, you can't just tell your all-stars to get better. They're already all-stars. It's like where, you know, what is that next level anyways? Um, and their bench production was essentially number one in the league. So you can't say much about that either. So, honestly, I, I don't know. More of the story is LeBron James the GOAT. <laughs> and you just can't be scared. Like Always. You do this for a living. You should never take this for granted. Never be afraid of the moment. You got this far, so why give up in the grand stage of it all, you know? Moving on from that, you know, we're just going to touch upon this just a little bit. Uh, the Celtics... Played Philly in the second round. Um, you know, all those cut short in five games. I thought it was a great series. Uh, you know, Ben Simmons did what he had to do, and B did what he had to do. Um, obviously, you know, it didn't end the way they wanted to, but future's gonna look right for them. And it, and it just taught me a lot of things. One, um, Philly has to do a better job um, at coaching. I can say, hmm. I, I feel like Brett Brown. Lost a few games um, when they were up 20 in game two. Um, just situational basketball in game three. Um, and then game five, you know, game five, it was just a lot of things. But um, honestly, I think it was a lot a lot to do with their youth um, and a lot to do with Ben Simmons. Um, I'll say with Ben Simmons, this was probably the best thing to happen to him because He's been relying on what he knows so much. When I say that, his pure athleticism and his pure, you know, decision making, his vision. I think that he finally got exposed, and I, and he, it's crazy because I always said that going into this series, not even this series, just you know, the Sixers going to the playoffs themselves. I always said that their downfall is going to be Ben Simmons not being able to shoot. Right, you know what I'm saying? Right. So it's crazy that Miami didn't even try to exploit that at all, but. And and, I, and you think they would with a two-time, you know, defending coach. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, he went up against Pop, so he saw the blueprint. So I was like, ah, they might have some problems here. But they were able to win in five. But um, Ben Simmons got exposed. Um, he needs to work on his shot. I heard that Kobe was basically saying, yo, you got to go work on your shot. And he was like, yo, I'm not taking no advice from Kobe. <laughs> so what do, you, what do you think Ben Simmons has to do, you know, moving forward? Um, so I will say, you know, I think the future is really bright for the Sixers. Um, all of their core pieces are at a really great young age. They're not even on max contracts or anything like that yet. So they have a lot of time there. And honestly, if we're 
going to be real, at the beginning of the season, we didn't see the Sixers getting as far in the first place. They set our expectations as the season went on mm-hmm. to the point where we almost thought they were just going to beat Cleveland all right, all outright without them even beating the Celtics at first. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, hats off to the Sixers. Um, with Ben Simmons specifically, um, he definitely stated in his exit interview um, that he's going to have to work on his jump shot, and that'll kind of be the next – layer of his game to open his passing up and to open his driving up and things like that. At least at least to the point where his jump shot has to be respectable. Right, right. <laughs> and know? that and that's I guess that's what analysts have been uh speaking of in the first place because the problem is if they can pack the paint, you can't go anywhere. And as <laughs> as a scorer, like you you know, I guess he's not a scorer, but as someone who needs to score uh, you definitely have to have more than just driving to the basket in your arsenal. But I also want to give a big shout-out to the Celtics and not discount them. Um, you know, Terry Rozier, you are the second coming of Kyrie Irving. Um, Tatum, you're playing beyond your years. I didn't think you'd be this good. Um, he's been playing excellent. Um, Jalen Brown, Marcus Morris, Marcus Smart, I mean – all these guys, and of course Brad Stevens. I mean, you might as well consider him a player the way they <laughs> the way they've been playing under him. But you know, I definitely think they they showed they they humbled the Sixers. Um, they and they humbled some of us because I can promise you, I didn't have the Celtics winning in five. Yeah, um, I even thought the Celtics may lose in the first round against the Bucks. So <laughs> for them to go this far, um, right. it just shows you their mindset. It shows you how great of a coach they are, and how you know how 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 together they play. Um, I like it a lot. And just to touch up on that, I was looking at some stats today, and everyone, you know, the, these the three players he was talking about: Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier, Jalen Brown. All these guys have upped their game to another level, um, and they all actually increased their scoring from the playoffs as opposed to the regular season. Uh, Just pulling out some stats, Jason Tatum averaged 14 in the regular season. Now he's averaging 19 in the playoffs. Terry Rozier averaged 11 in the regular season, 17 in the playoffs. Jalen Brown went up a little bit, averaged 14 in the regular season and 17 in the playoffs. So, you know, obviously Kyrie went out. That's a, you know, gives a lot of opportunity. But I just like how the Boston – you know, Celtics just, you know, have that mindset, you know, next one up. You know, I kind of have that – I kind of see them with that same philosophy as Golden State when they had that whole slogan, strength in numbers, you know. Anything can happen on any, any given night, but you just got to be ready to, you know, take your game to the next level and show them why, you know, you're in the NBA. Um, and just going into the regular season, when I saw Jason Tatum in um, – in, uh, what's it called? In Vegas – Oh, I was yeah. like, "Yo, this dude got some dog in him." Oh, he's and, tough. I, and I and I and I said in the regular season, he's not like other rookies. I just feel like he just has a different mindset, and he's playing at a high level right now, man. And I'm just proud of him. And obviously, I'm a Duke fan, so <laughs> Listen to I this love guy. the Duke. <laughs> but it was it was great to see, man. It was great to see. Any 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 last things you want to say to this to this uh, topic? Um, you know, I'll definitely just say, uh, everyone, look out for the Celtics and the Sixers in the future. Um, not only do they have great young pieces right now, but they have a lot of leeway in the, going into the future, especially, you know, with the Sixers or the Celtics being able to pick up a Kawhi or a PG, possibly, or even the Celtics with Anthony Davis. Like, you just never know. And they will definitely be the cornerstones of the Eastern Conference in years to come. Um, so it should be fun. Um, I'm going to just come back into this. 
they were saying how basically like the the 76ers are really going to try to get Kawhi this offseason. But I was thinking like, obviously you guys have cap space, but who would you trade as an asset to get him? And I don't even think that will work unless he's truly a free agent because he still has another year left on his contract. Right. So I was just looking around, who has the best assets in the NBA? The Boston Celtics. Exactly. You know, they could, if they wanted to, Danny Ainge is a sick guy. <laughs> let's not forget. <laughs> let's not forget he got rid of uh, what's his name Isaiah Thomas after his sister died. After they basically forced him to play in the playoffs, MVP and season lost all his money, bro. <laughs> like, don't make don't 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 take for granted. Like he could trade right. Kyrie, he could trade Gordon Hayward, um, and yeah. I just think yeah, I just think Boston would be the best move for you know Kawhi to go to as opposed to the 76ers if he happens to get traded this year. And another thing to add to that, people forget that the Sixers traded for the <laughs> oh, first yeah. pick in the draft and gave the Celtics another first round pick in I think about two years. So now they got Tatum and a first round pick on top of the Sixers just getting false. So I mean the Celtics have assets going crazy right now and everyone's interested in what they got. So if if any if anybody will pick up somebody this this offseason, I could definitely see it being the Celtics easily. Who'd you Drake Hawaii for? I, I said, you know, with Pop, I heard he doesn't like to ship his players in the same conference. Um, and like I said, who has the best assets? Because like even last year when Lamarcus Aldridge wanted to get traded, he was like, "Go find me a player that's like <laughs> of your caliber or even better, and I'll trade you." Right. So Kawhi is clearly better. Who would you trade to get him? Um, if I'm Pop, hmm. I want to keep Kyrie Irving. I really love Kyrie on the Celtics. You see the pro, but it's crazy because Dejounte Murray's you know he's blossoming too. Mm-hmm. But I may trade Terry Rozier. Maybe like a Gordon Hayward in the first oh, round pick. <laughs> wow. Well, after those comments, no. um, well, see, I, and I feel like that. That's why the Celtics are kind of in a. They're in a good rough spot because they, with the emergence of Rozier, it kind of makes you question. Hey, if we can get to the Eastern Conference Finals and possibly the finals without Kyrie. And sign Rozier when his contract time is up for way less. That gives you a lot of flexibility moving forward. And you almost feel like you get a lot of Kyrie out of Rozier. So it's almost like, and then it's almost if you trade Kyrie, you would almost have more trade value with a Kyrie um, trying to get Kawhi Leonard versus maybe like a Rozier. Because you could probably trade a Kyrie in like a pick or two and uh, get a Kawhi Leonard and still have the entire team intact, which is insane. And maybe trade like a Jalen Brown, but it just depends on how Danny Ainge's mind works because if he trades two injured players, I think that is the (laughs) sickest thing I've ever seen in my life. Hey, man. At the end of the day, he's doing his job, man. (laughs) By any means necessary. Exactly. (laughs) Now, to the moment we've all been waiting for, you know, the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals. Um, you know, are taking place right now. And yesterday was game one of, you know, Eastern Conference Finals, Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, my God. <laughs> versus the Celtics. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, I had Cleveland, you know, being well-rested coming into that game and just snatching game one. But then again, you couldn't really underestimate the Celtics because they still are undefeated in the in the whole playoffs at home. Um, but the Celtics did their thing. They won 108 to 83. <laughs> 
And LeBron James played 36 minutes, had 15 points, 9 assists, 7 rebounds, 7 turnovers, hmm. and he was 5 of 16 from the field. Wow. Uh, his performance was kind of awful. <laughs> it, it was It was very, very, very awful. Um, to me, I can't really say game one tells a lot because you have to see what adjustments are going to be made. And I personally think that LeBron James kind of was playing around, you know, just getting a feel for the game, seeing what everyone was doing. I think we're going to see a LeBron that comes back, you know, energized. I you, you I think you could blame a lot of time, you know, being off there, pretty lackadaisical, the whole um, team as a whole. Facts. You know, when you get that much days off, you gotta, you can't really simulate, you know, what's going on in real time. So I think that played a huge factor on it. Um, and I just feel like, like I said, I think LeBron James wanted to get his teammates involved first. Um, and I just think he wanted to see what Boston was going to throw at him. So he was like, I'll sacrifice the game. And then watch when I come back game two. <laughs> I'm going to whoop that ass. Right. Um, what are your um, thoughts about that series, man? Yeah, so to to kind of bounce off of that, another big thing I'll say is, um, you know, the Cavs shot four for 26 from the three-point line. If anyone knows the supporting role of the Cavs, it's me. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a big LeBron fan, Cavs fan. I'll tell anybody. But I can also tell you that when we get blown out, it's because of games like this, because of games going four for 26 from the field. That's not – or from the three-point line. That's not going to happen again. I can promise you that. And I can also promise you the Celtics aren't going to shoot 51% and the Cavs are going to shoot 35%. I just don't see those numbers really matching up. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Celtics are great offensively, but they were making some stuff out there. Um and just like uh, I look, like uh, he was just saying, I think LeBron really was using that as a feel-out game. Um, if you saw his press conference, you know they 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 asked him to recall the oh the last God. few plays. Oh my God! Or the la- the first couple of plays of the fourth quarter, and word for word, play for play, <laughs> he said exactly what happened. So this man is sitting. He's calculating. He's calculating everything that's being thrown at him. He's calculating what the Celtics are doing, and he will come back with a different game plan. And I promise you, we will see a different LeBron James in Game Two. Oh, for sure. Um, I'm predicting right now a minimum of 35 points, a minimum <laughs> of 10 rebounds, a minimum of 10 assists, and Agreed. probably two turnovers. Like, Agreed. He about to, he's about to sun them, and I think it's going to be actually disrespectful. Um, but just to you know, piggyback off of that, too, Kevin Love has to show up, man. Um, obviously, you know, he had 15. He had, did you have 15 or 17? 17 points. He had 17 yeah. points, so he was the leading scorer on the team. But I think... He just has to make a better effort defensively, yo. Mm. Al Horford or whoever was on him like ate mm. him up. I'm like, you I'm like, yo, like where's your where's your movement? You know, where's your contest? Like right. where's your toughness? Show you, some heart. Show some heart, man. I need to see that. But like even like you see, if you watch that game, you know, the Cavs did start off a little flat, but like you said, they took a lot of they had a lot of great looks. Um, so like you said, I don't think they're going to shoot that awful again. Um, and I just think they had to get that, you know, that game out of them, you know, that get, get that monkey off their back. And I think, um, they're going to come back stronger, but man, the Celtics are looking mighty tough, man. Um, if they can play at this level, it's going to be real scary because at the end of the day, LeBron James needs his teammates to, 
you know, advance to the finals. Um, and I just think that there's a few factors. You know, I think they have a better coach. Obviously, Tyron Lue's been to the finals two, three, two, what, two years in a row? Uh, yeah. Two years in a row. Um, oh, no. But yeah, yeah, two years in a row. You're yeah, right, right. But, yeah, obviously, you know, they got that. You know, they got a veteran um, team who's been to the finals. But this, t- this Celtics team is hungry. And it was funny when I was listening to Stephen A. Smith before even game one started. He was like, yeah, man. And, you know, after, you know, the Celtics beat Philly, he went to the uh, the locker room and he was just talking and he was just like, yo, watch out for LeBron, dog. Watch out mm-hmm. for LeBron. And they were just geeking, saying, like, we we not Toronto. Right. <laughs> we not scared of these guys. <laughs> and I just saw another interview with the big their big three, I guess, now, if you exclude Orford with the young talent. Um, they're all sitting down with Rachel Nichols and – they were just saying, like, we're not scared of this guy. Like, exactly. we're going to put our heart and souls out on the floor. Like, whoever's there, you're going to have to get through us, too. Um, so I just like that grittiness in Jalen Brown, Rozier, and Tatum. Um, and, you know, it, it could get ugly, um, but I think it's going to go. I, at first, I predicted Cavs in five, but I think it's going to go six now. Um and we're just going to see. I just have to see what adjustments are going to be made. I got to see what Brad Stevens has up his sleeve because I kind of think Brad Stevens kind of threw out all his, you know, surprises too early. Right, right. And I think it's going to come back to haunt him. <laughs> uh, yeah, to, to kind of piggyback off that, uh, I completely agree. Um, Cavs in six. Uh, that was my original prediction in the first place, but – I definitely think it's going to be a hard-fought six this time around. Um, all they need is the the next game to kind of steal that home court advantage back. And uh, LeBron's stats coming into a game two after he's lost game one are miraculous. So y'all will definitely see a different LeBron James. And also, uh, just and maybe this is just the fan in me, but I also feel like um, this is the Cavs series to lose. In turn, and when I say that, um, I mean it as in if the Cavs lose, like if the Celtics win, it'd be more of a surprise. But I feel like it'd be based off of the Cavs' mistakes. It'd be based off of LeBron not having enough help and stuff like that. Um, and I just feel like LeBron is gonna play his game. LeBron is gonna probably average a triple double this series. But if the role players don't put in what they did for the, against the Raptors, this isn't gonna be a close series. They're going to play the Cavs harder than the Pacers played them. And we saw how that went out. That was a lucky Game 7 series <laughs> that I was sweating the entire time for. So, yeah, we LeBron, please become Michael Jordan. We need you. <laughs> yeah, man, it's crazy. And the one thing I do like about the Celtics, man, their perimeter defense is kind of slight. Um, and, and and with Cleveland, they don't really have another creator, a shot creator uh, like LeBron because you had Kyrie last year, so he can get his bucket whenever. But it's, it seems like it's LeBron or Bust setting all these guys up. So I, want, I really want to see what their game plan is going to be in game two. Um, they may just have LeBron just go on a tear, do what he has to do in the paint and just, you know, get everyone else disengaged. But uh, we're going to see, man, um, who you got winning game two. Oh, game two, game two. So, 
I'll say this right now. For game one, I put all my money on DraftKings, on the Celtics players. I won all my games that I put on. So uh, I predict. I kind of predicted that the Celtics were going to win that first one. Um, you know, they're young and they're hungry, just like you said. But coming out game two, I can see it being a close one. Uh, and I'm predicting Cavs win by four points in a close game. Okay, cool. Yeah, I got... Like I said, LeBron coming out, setting the expectation. Kevin Love getting a, you know, getting a little hot too. I have J.R. Smith just doing some wild stuff. I don't know Please, why. <laughs> and I have I have Tristan Thompson being a huge, um, you know, factor too as well. Um, so I got Cavs by like eight. Um, and like I said, LeBron minimum of thirty five points, <laughs> minimum of ten assists, ten assists. minimum of ten <laughs> rebounds, and maybe two turnovers. <laughs> Oh man! Last topic of the day: Warriors versus Rockets. Um, it's yes, actually sir. airing tonight. Sorry, guys, this is pre-recorded, but uh, I've been excited for this. I think this is the true finals. Um, it's literally David versus Goliath, kind of a little bit. You got this juggernaut in Golden State, and you got this revamped uh, Houston team who added Chris Paul to, long, to go along with some other players. Um, you know, Rockets had the best, you know, overall record of the regular season. Um, they they earned their home court advantage. Um, this is their time now. You know, Vegas got them winning tonight by, I think, 1.5. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting. There's just a lot of different scenarios going into it. I was actually looking at some footage yesterday when they, I think it was their last game, um, when I think the Rockets were, like, down, like, six, seven points in the fourth quarter regular season. And they actually came back and won by, like, eight. Um Rockets can score, man. Um, Golden State going to actually have to defend this time, and I think it's going to be pretty tough to defend them. Um, but it's just going to be it's just going to be interesting because you got Steph Curry, who obviously came back. Um, is he going to be at full strength? Are they going to you know always constantly have him switch so Harden or you know uh, CP3 is going to you know have to go at him? How's that going to pan out? Is Draymond Green going to stay intact? Is he going to you know? Is he gonna, you know, get technicals that can alter the whole game? Is Steve Na- is Steve Kerr gonna get technicals? Facts. Nah, no. Low key is KD gonna get a technical. Right. Yeah. We this don't really year. know. We don't really know what that. Um, this is a lot of things going on. I remember you were telling me a little earlier that I think Clay Thompson may be the cure. Uh, you know, to oh, Golden yeah. State winning. Just talk a little bit about that. Um. So yeah. I was looking at the analytics and um, it was stating how Clay Thompson has never fouled James Harden in the all the years that they've played each other. So everybody's kind of thinking, hey, maybe that's that James Harden kryptonite because if we all know, James Harden is always going to the line. He's always going to be one of the top leaders in free throws. Um, but in terms of the series, I, I definitely think it's going to be very interesting um, it's a it's a big stark contrast in uh, play styles. Yeah. Um, one is more iso ball, pick and roll heavy, while the other one is, you know, we're going to get an assist every play, you know, pass the ball all the way around for a great shot. Um, and I also think one of the big storylines of the series will be the death lineup for the Warriors. Oh, the Hampton? Is You're right, the, or the Hampton Five now, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I'm curious if... And how they're going to utilize that against the Warriors, um, seeing as now they they instead of like playing a Rudy Gobert, now you're playing a Clint Capella, who's consistently going to give you 16, 18, sometimes even 20 points just off straight pick and rolls and alley oops. Um, so are you going to put a Draymond Green on him? 
um, you know, and how the Rock is going to contend with that too because, I mean, on that other side of the ball, when when the Rockets are defending the Hampton Five, I mean, that's a tough lineup. I mean, you've got five players that can all shoot, that can all pass, that can all switch on any type of pick and roll that you do. Um, so it'll definitely be interesting to see how um, how the Rockets combat with that. And um, we're gonna need that uh, Chris Paul from the last two games of the of the last series. He's gonna have to play at an All Star level. Harden, you haven't played the best postseason this year but we're gonna need you at that all-star level as well or let me rephrase that we're gonna need you at mvp level uh especially against this golden state team you might have to make up two golden state players this series because it's gonna take a whole lot to get past this team yeah man he gotta set the tone early i want him in attack mode he is the best maybe the best player of all time at drawing fouls um and i saw us that Today, and I think they said uh, out of all NBA players in, like, history, I think Chris Paul is, like, top 10 efficiency. Wow. And it's just crazy because he's never got past the second round, you know. Shout out to Chris Paul finally getting to the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> <Facts>. <laughs> it, it's just crazy that he's never been this far. And it seems like he plays pretty damn consistent, but it's just those little moments that mess up a lot of things. Um, one memory that comes to mind is when they were playing OKC a few years in the second round. I think they were up like 3-2 or something like yeah. that. And I think he, I think Chris Paul tried to like, I think they were up and he tried to like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He tried to like draw a foul before he even got to half court uh, on Reggie Jackson. I don't know what was going and on. And the ball got stolen and then the whole momentum just shifted. It went the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they got to play at a high level. Like, to beat Golden State, you have to play, play a damn near flawless game. Like, limit your turnovers, make great decisions. They have to shoot at an all-time high with threes. I remember last year, Cleveland had to break a record oh my <laughs> just gosh. to win one, one game. game. Oh <laughs> so, it's like, gosh. what are you guys going to do? Yeah. You know, obviously, you know, their defense has got better. Um, but like you said, who's gonna who's gonna be in that Hampton Five lineup? You know, when the Hampton Five, if, are they are are the Warriors gonna start Javel McGee or are they gonna start you know Draymond at the five? If you start Draymond at the five, does Clint Capella become ineffective? Hmm. He can't shoot, so you're right. gonna sag off of him. So are you gonna have to force him to? You're gonna force him out. Um, a lot of things, but I think the biggest factor. It's probably going to be the bench. Um, I think the Rockets have a better bench. Um, Facts. But we're definitely going to see. It is playoff basketball, so, you know, that rotation does get, you know, you know, reduced a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, if the Rockets, I mean, if the Warriors have that philosophy and always keeping a star player on the on the court, I think they'll be in good hands. Um, but I just want to see something different this year, man. And, like, it's now or never for the Rockets unless they happen to get LeBron James next year. <laughs> but I feel like if you get LeBron James next year, you got to gut the roster. Yeah. Um, but I think it's now or never. You got home court advantage. Y'all been preaching. Like, you've been wait- waiting for this moment. Your GM been saying y'all been dreaming and salivating that playing the Warriors. Right. Now you got them. And that's what's why scary the team is, was constructed. <laughs> that why, that's why the team was constructed, man. Um, so I think it's going to go six, seven games. I really want to go seven. Um, I want every night to be a freaking shootout. Please. Uh, I want it to come down games. to, yeah, I want to come down to those last key moments. And I, and I, and I just want to see how Chris Paul and how Harden handled that pressure, man. So it's going to be a great series. Um, hmm. if I went with my pure logic, 
Golden State. <laughs> They're one of the greatest teams of all time. Right. They have KD. They have the two best shooters in ever. And you have one of the best, you know, glue guys in Draymond Green. And you have Steve Kerr, who's actually a pretty damn good coach. So, um, they 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 they're, they're the you know the champs you know right. you know to be the champs you got to beat the champs and I just think it's going to be a difficult task. Um, but on the other hand, you got a hungry team. So with my heart, I just want to see something different. Right. You know, I just I want to see Chris Paul and I want to see Harden win it. Um, so you know, I got I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with Houston in seven, uh, man. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Uh, before I even get into that part. <laughs> I just want to definitely give a big shout out to Chris Paul, man. I mean, he's you know he's like he said he's finally in the conference finals, something that's kind of been haunting him his whole career, um, and I don't think people have been giving him a fair shake uh, with his um, was it the Hornets and the uh, and the Clippers. I don't know if those teams were quite good enough at the they, time. Yeah, they weren't that good. Yeah, and so I don't know if we can completely blame Chris Paul for those series. Um, and I definitely think now that he's on a team that has enough talent to get to the conference finals, that's why we're seeing what we're seeing. Um, but to kind of bounce off what you were saying, I mean, yeah, this this Rockets team has literally been constructed to beat the Warriors. They literally got the coach to beat the Warriors. They got Chris Paul to beat the Warriors, you know, and so now it's time to – Put your money up and, you know, see what's up. If I had to make a prediction <laughs> with my heart and my money, <laughs> uh, I'm still going to I'm gonna have to go Golden State in six, you know. I, I just think it's too much firepower on all ends. I think the Rockets bench will give the Warriors problems. But I think, honestly, just based off of talent, um, I think I think it's it's just gonna be too much for any team. I mean, if we really think about it, and the the statistics support it, the Warriors and the Rockets this season were two of the all time best offensive teams ever. But when you com- now that means you have to compare the Warriors to the Rockets, and technically the Warriors' offense was just that much better. And I mean, I just don't see any answer for KD. I don't see any answer for Curry. I mean. <laughs> I don't see any answer for a lot of these people. <laughs> I mean, they when they constructed this this team after going seventy two, after winning seventy two games that season and adding KD, I I said back then I didn't know if any team was ever going to be able to beat them, and I I honestly don't think it's still going to be possible. So, yeah, uh, Warriors and six, Warriors six, and it was crazy, man. Like anything's possible now. Um, obviously. Yeah, anything's possible because the Cavs, obviously they had one of the best players ever and, you know, one of the best scorers ever. Um, but they beat a 73-win team, you know, a team that was a better regular season team than what the Bulls were. Right. Um, and just to go back a little bit, um, I, I have a follow-up question for you before we end things. But like you said, Chris Paul, you can't really give him that much blame if you look at the formula for teams that have won these championships since like 2000, they always either had a dominant big or like a two-way shooting guard slash small forward. Right. And just to name a few that bounce off my head, Shaq and Kobe, you know, when they had the three-peat. Uh, uh, Shaq and Kobe when they had the three-peat. KD when he won last year. Iggy when he won, you know. D-Wade, Bron, Paul Pierce. It was pretty rare. I only saw two outliers when you had finals MVP with Tony Parker and Billups. So, Facts. And even with them, you know, they they had 
a great team, a great coach. Right. And like you said, I just feel like the Hornets and the Clippers really didn't have that much talent. Um, so we're going to see. So my last question for you and last question I want you to answer for the audience is, who has the most pressure on them? Is it Chris Paul or is it James Harden and why? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, wow. Honestly, and maybe this is just personal opinion, but I think it's Chris Paul. I mean, I think we've been putting so much pressure on Chris Paul uh, since he's been in the league. And let's not forget that at one point we were always almost no questions asked calling this man the best point guard in the league. And he's still playing close to that that level. Don't get me wrong. Harden has a lot of pressure on him himself. I mean, especially last year, game, right? Game six. Yeah, after they both have had playoff meltdowns and or letdowns or whatever you want to call it, but honestly, I think for Chris Paul's legacy and to almost be called a top five point guard of all times, because I don't think we think about it, but this man is really playing as a top five point guard of all time, and I think. For him to really solidify himself into that conversation, he needs a championship at some point. That will propel him over the John Stocktons, the Isaiah Thomases, and things like that. And so Chris Paul needs that for his legacy. I feel like James Harden has more time to to band up with another group of super friends or something <laughs> like that if he wanted to. But Chris Paul's running out of time, man. So he this this might be a golden opportunity, no pun intended, for him to win this next one. You heard it here first. Chris Paul, where you at? Wake up. <laughs> James Harden, wake up. Please. We're going to see a great series, man. I'm so, so, so excited, man. And I just want to add, so Steve Kerr just had some breaking news in an interview where he just stated the betting advice for tonight is plus 1.5 on the Warriors. So he has the Warriors winning by just a little bit. But he also said, stay away from the Boston series tomorrow because those game twos are scary. <laughs> so uh, any, that, that's a little bit of advice from Steve Kerr for all my betting fans out there. He's hip to Bron. <laughs> <laughs> he, he knows what's good. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. But Steve Kerr, uh, I hope you're wrong um, about this tonight because I, I feel like if the Rockets don't win game one, I think this series is over. Oh, it's over. <laughs> that's it. Because you've lost home court advantage what you've been fighting for all year. The entire season. And with that confidence, it's going to probably play with the Rockets, with, with Harden and CP3 mentally. So they have to win tonight, man. This is a must win. Uh, I mean, the, the, it, what was it? Um, uh, who was on the show today? It was... Um, who Jackson? Was, no, it what was... Uh, the. It was a Fox Sports one. Um, Dante Jones. He used to play on the Cavs. Oh, okay. um, he was just giving advice on what he thinks because you know this is a former player that used to play with LeBron that's played in these pressure situations in these playoff games, and he said he's not sold that the Warriors or like at least let me phrase that that the Rockets have that mental edge or that confidence that they can beat the Warriors yet. So winning this game one and getting that confidence that you can beat the Warriors by actually doing it in the playoffs. Is major by have especially if they have two big games out of Chris Paul and Harden and they're able to kind of maintain that home court advantage. So hey, Rockets, I'ma really need y'all to, <laughs> to turn up tonight. I'm not gonna lie, I put my money on y'all too. So uh, yeah, now we talking money. So I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need y'all to uh, make this work out. <laughs> you heard it here, Rockets show up. 
<laughs> Don't let my man lose his money, man. Please. <laughs> and uh, man, man, thanks for thanks for being on this show, Coop. You know, it was, a, you know, second time's a charm. Oh, inside yes. joke, inside <laughs> joke. <laughs> but it's always love, you know, when I see you, man. So appreciate you having, um, appreciate you being on the show. You know, any any closing remarks or anything? Hey, man, just want to say I appreciate it again. It's always fun chopping it up with you. You know, sports talk and all that, and. Uh, you know, hey, maybe I could be back one day. Maybe, maybe we'll be crowning LeBron. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the champion of this year. But uh, you know, that's just a hopeful Cleveland fan talking. But I appreciate all y'all. You know, coop out. Coop out, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening to episode thirty of the Caesars Show. Make sure to follow me on all forms of social media at Sir Caesars. That's S I R S E E Z U S. I'm available on iTunes, Podcast Connect, and SoundCloud. Oh yeah.